Buffy fan cast. I'm your watcher Donna. I'm your watcher Jack. I'm your watcher Adrian and I sat here trying really hard to come up with a joke to go along with the with Impata not being who they expected her to be and I couldn't come up with anything so I apologize. That's why you stayed mom. <laughs> See the reason that's a funny joke is we just got done watching Ink and Mummy Girl so that's why you stayed mom. Not mummy. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's not a joke if you have to explain it, right? <laughs> uh, it was directed by Ellen S. Pressman, written by Matt Keen. Keen? Uh, I'm so sorry for all of these writers' names that I'm butchering. And uh, Joe Rinkemeyer. And it originally aired on October 6th, 1997. And we still have the chalkboard font. Yes, that's definitely Keen. And that's Rinkemeyer. 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 Yeah, Rinkemeyer. I like how you were trying to tell me, but you went through the same series of. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to. I was trying to see if I could do it because I'm pretty good at pronouncing names, but that uh, is a pretty. That is a challenging name. All right, so I'm going to start off by saying usually that when Buffy and Joyce disagree about a thing, I'm usually on Joyce's side. On this case, I've got to agree with Buffy. A surprise exchange student is not a good surprise. Yeah, you know, I actually had a, like. We only saw Joyce once mm -hmm. in this episode for, like, a minute, if that's... And, I mean, she was fine in that minute, but I felt like we really should have seen her more. We should have. Since this whole episode was based on a decision that she made. And I also don't totally understand why the decision was made without Buffy's knowledge. Like, this episode could have worked just as well yeah. if Joyce and Buffy had had a conversation about it. We're not even saying that Joyce had to ask Buffy about it, but just tell. Well, there were yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of problems with with the setup. Like I felt like this there episode were a lot had of a problems lot of, with this episode. This episode wanted a lot of gimmies. Like this program also is an exchange program with people from all over the world, because Cordelia gets Sven from Sweden, <laughs> and who is not a reindeer. Who is not a reindeer, um, but like. How do you get a program that extensive between Sunnydale High and whatever school is in Peru and whatever school is in, like, Sweden and, like, all these schools together? Like, that just seems like a lot of organization that I don't generally attribute to public schools. You know, when I was in high school, we had two foreign exchange students. Yeah. Two. Usually you have less. <laughs> I had such a crush on the exchange student. My... Was it my senior year? His name was Knute. If you're listening, Knute, we're still friends. <laughs> I had such a crush on you. You know, we had Mark from Denmark, mm -hmm. who was incredibly charming, and then Carmen from Croatia, who was also beautiful and incredibly charming. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they were both equally crushable. Knute was from Nor Norway, and he looked like young Heath Ledger. Because he was young, so of course he looked like young Heath Ledger. I mean, also, I never had an exchange student myself, but while I was in high school, I was dating a girl who had an exchange student, and it was this uh, very beautiful boy from Belarus. Do you mean at your school? Yeah. The girl, your girlfriend. My girlfriend went to was, a different did school. not go to my school, yeah. But not your made-up girlfriend. 
Not my made-up girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real one. This is a real girlfriend. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. And she, uh, and she got an exchange student from Belarus, and I remember him being very attractive, too. Mm-hmm. Is that, like, a thing, like, in order to be an exchange student? You have to be very attractive? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I didn't find Zen hot, but Sven just wasn't my type. Certainly somebody would find him He hot. wasn't my type, but I could see that he was. It was sort of like he's Owen. A, like, attractive like, fellow. Yeah. So, uh, so we open up with, um, my dad tried to send me some Armenians once. Does that count? <laughs> okay. Like, I think I, it was to Armenia, wasn't it? No, to some Armenians. To Ar- yeah. Oh, sell me to some Armenians. Tried to send me to some Armenians. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So I just want to note that my first three notes are, oh, Xander. Poor Xander. Giles won't let her go to a dance again. And why Xander? Yeah. I had a lot of why Xander moments in this episode. I had a lot of why, yeah. Did they have to do with his bad Spanish? They had to do with so many. Yes. Among among other things, yes, his not just bad Spanish, but like, oh, oh, that kind of of behavior is like, it was funny in the 90s and now it's just not okay. Yeah. Like now it's considered rude. Xander really does fall victim to a lot of that... This was 20 years ago stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was so bad. Like, you know, he opens up being all, like, weirdly possessive about Buffy and the fact that she's going to have a male foreign exchange student in her house. And everybody seems okay with him doing this. Like, Buffy is, like, nonplussed and Willow doesn't seem affected. And I just... I felt like that was really weird for some of the characters, and I understand that this was a long time ago in serialized television, blah, blah, blah. But, I don't know, it just felt really weird for the character development that we had had in the last Especially, it's episodes. especially poignant because Willow is the opposite. Like, Willow is like, I'm glad you guys are happy together. Why don't you go to the dance with her by yourself? Well, but that's also a thing that, hadn't Xander done that? Nope. No, he's never once been supportive of anybody getting a boyfriend other than him. <laughs> <laughs> of anybody getting a boyfriend other than him. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he says that, and then I don't know why I wrote down why Xander, but I assume it was because he said something else shitty. And then Willow got kind of nice girl about things. Yes, she did. Um, and I mean, she gets better later on, but I have another note that says, what the fuck, Xander? My, my, yeah, my very next, oh, Xander moment, oh, bad Xander, bad, is what I actually wrote down for the mock Spanish. I was so bad. And, like, the way that he kept speaking to her slowly, I was like, dude, she can clearly understand you. She speaks English better than you do, if we're going to be honest about this. Yeah, and uh, it really bothered me the way that he was talking to her. Mm -hmm. And then I have a, like, I have a note on here that's all caps and says, fuck you, Xander. Because when he says to Impata, you don't think you deserve me? Man, I love you. That line, I just, like, I fucking hated Xander in that moment. Because that was, like, that was, like, the the whole, like, problem I have with You Don't Know You're Beautiful by One Direction. I like you because you don't think you're worth anything. And it really, really upset me the way that Xander was acting through this entire episode. I can totally see where you're coming from. The way that I took that line initially was, um, like, 
what was the line exactly? You don't think you deserve me? Man, and, I love And you. I thought, like, the way I heard that line was, you're just like me. I don't think I deserve anyone either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, yours is the way that it's most likely to be taken, I feel. So, like, I, yeah, like, it, it was a bad choice of words. And I kind of I took it slightly different from either of you, just more of a, you like me. You like me. I like you. Like, he was surprised that someone liked him. Yeah. You know, kind of how I took it. I can see both of those, but just all the lead, like all of Xander up to that moment, I think put me in a really um, uncharitable place with him. And we're all affected by different words in different ways, and so I think it's important to recognize that, like, that when you say something so thoughtless to a person, you're going to get a number of different reactions, and you don't know which one you're going to expect. Like, when Xander says, for me, one of the moments that annoyed me was, like, ay caramba. Where he says that to to Abata, and I'm like, oh my God, Xander, that's Mexican. Why are you talking to a Peruvian this way? Oh goodness! <laughs> All right, so we'll we'll back off Xander for a little bit. Yeah. Um, Maybe. Oz! Oh my God, Oz! Yes, my big. I took up one, two, three, four, five lines with my with Oz's name and exclamation points. Three exclamation points. I have four. I didn't remember how well, how, like, not well, how extensively they forecast that Oz and Willow are going to get together. Like, mm. it was just so, like, from the very beginning Oz is introduced, it's like, what does a girl have to do to keep, to make you interested in her? Uh, and then, uh, oh, well, the actual is, what does a girl have to do to impress you? And I was, I wrote down, be Willow, because that's really all you have to do. Like, yeah. you, you dress like an Inuit, that's check mark. <laughs> you... You stand there and just walk away suddenly. Yeah. What is? Who is that girl? I have one real random comment. Yeah, who is that girl? I have one real random comment on Oz, which is that he is introduced as being the lead guitar player, as in, you know, you're the lead guitar, you could have any girl you wanted. I'm sorry, in real life, Oz is a bass player. Okay? He is a bass player. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. He, has, he acts like a bass player. Yes. Um, I sort like I love Oz is one of my favorite characters. Yes. Uh, like Seth Green is the 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 way that my friend Jen got me to watch this show because mm. she wanted me to, and I was like, I don't know, it sounds lame, and she knew I had a thing for Seth Green, and was like, well, he's in it, so you should check mm. it out. So that's, and I, I I sort of forgot how he had been introduced because despite loving Oz, I don't love his introduction. I don't really love him chasing after Willow even though he doesn't know anything about her and he's acting like he's completely in love with her yeah. despite the fact that he has not actually had a conversation with her. But let me say this. Okay, he's at this high school dance and most of the girls there are looking sexy. I mean, they're doing the Halloween thing, I'm going to dress sexy. And she's in a seal skin Parka. Okay, it's probably not really seal skin, but I mean, she she is the opposite of sexy. She is extremely cute, but she's the opposite of sexy. And that is something that I think um, the fact that he zeroed in on somebody who wasn't trying to be sexy does say something about, I mean, he was obviously interested in her. That's true. That was unique. I could kind of buy that, except... I have had guys zero in on me for that reason, but it wasn't an altruistic thing. It was a, you're not trying to be sexy, so I bet you have low self-esteem. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate, 
I, I appreciate like the, uh, the 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 idea of she's unique, and so Oz like is attracted to her. But at the same time, I think I'm definitely on Adrian's. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. I um, still do love Oz, though. Oh yeah, he's fantastic. Um, and as a he will be fantastic. It wasn't great this episode. Okay, what did I write down? The Twinkie scene is dot, dot, dot. I didn't finish my opinion of the Twinkie scene, but apparently I had a thought about it. <laughs> you think it, it was a, gross? It was a little was bit cute? gross. No, it was not cute. It I was... thought it was a little bit cute, but I kept being annoyed that they didn't just finish chewing their food. Right? <laughs> exactly. Like, okay, great, you shove Twinkies in your mouth. Can we just... One of the things that Joss Whedon does really well, I think, is really play up the teenage condition because like I would never do that now that's just disgusting and awful but like I could totally have seen myself doing that when I was 16 to impress somebody that I liked who would that be impressing though well now I'm like I don't know who that would be impressing to I guess a child which okay, would be what I would be dating enough. at the time <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I think that it's not impressive that you can put a whole twinkie in your mouth I think it's funny yeah like, like you're not trying to impress them with the size of your mouth you're just impressing with your silliness yeah yeah okay fair enough <laughs> sometimes sometimes when i was young i used to think that it was really cool that i could like put really uh large amounts of things in my mouth though um i didn't think my mouth was the biggest though so i didn't never like challenge others to see like who could put the this biggest is a really difficult conversation to have like an adult yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> it is so Right. Um, did we ever learn Inca Mummy Girl's real name? No. No. Okay. Uh, we never do. She remains identified throughout the episode. Um, As the princess. But uh, we can surmise her name based on who she was inspired by. Okay. So, uh, you wanted to start something. Well, first her. I want to open this up by saying that when Inca Mummy Girl wakes up, she would be high as fuck. So, Kapak... <laughs> Kapakucha was the Incan practice of human sacrifice. It used primarily children aged between the ages of 6 and 15. So not 16. That princess was a little old. Um, but that's okay. Uh, children were chosen as sacrificial victims because they were the purest mm. beings. Not always. It was also considered the highest honor that you could give to the town to present your own children. Well, that, that, that may be true, but I also got this, so, like, I mean, it could be both. It could be both. I'm just yeah. saying, in addition to yours, in addition I to have this. also found this. Um, but uh, they were considered to be the purest of beings. The children that were chosen were physically perfect, and they were healthy uh, because they were the best offering that the Inca people could mm -hmm. give to their gods. Um, and then to get to, the, to get to the sacrificial place, they would have to go on a pilgrimage, which you're going well, to discuss. Well, the specific girl that he thinks that Inca mummy... Oh, do you want to discuss on. the thing, or do you want to go to, into the girl first? Um, well, so I say that she was probably high as balls because they found they have found several mummies from that period, um, and they all that with hair tests they found large amounts of alcohol and uh, coca, which is what you start with before you get cocaine mm -hmm. in their system. I guess you know that <laughs> uh, in their systems. Um, and they think that that was part of some of the rituals that they went through and also to kind of keep the kids, the sacrifices, docile sure. and keep them from fighting back. And also to 
enable them to go up the mountain because they were having to endure a lot of elements. And if they weren't fucking high, it'd be pretty uncomfortable. Right. So uh, they found uh, for the two years prior to them going up there that they had basically cocaine in their systems. Mm -hmm. Um, And that the amounts of alcohol rose drastically in the two weeks prior. They were also fattened up for a few months or a few years beforehand. So they also had that going for them. Um, the, in 1995, the body of an almost entirely frozen young Inca girl that was named Mami Juanita was discovered on the summit of Mount Ampato. Uh-huh. Recognize the name? Uh, two more ice-preserved mummies, one girl and one boy, were discovered nearby a short while later. All showed signs of death by a blow to the head. Um, according to uh, according to the records for the episode, this was actually inspiration for... Um, Mummy Juanita was the inspiration for uh, Ampata. Uh, in fact, she's also called the Lady of Ampato or the Inca Ice Maiden, which I love that name. That's a great name. I think, actually, I've, I've heard of Inca Ice Maiden. Yeah, so that's her. That's, yeah, okay. So, technically, I guess her name is Juanita. There were okay. also three other mummies that were found in the following years. You... In 1999. In 1999. You... Yaiko? The Yaiko Maiden and the Yaiko Boy and Lightning Girl. Lightning Girl? I know, right? I wanted to do more research on Lightning Girl before the podcast. That would almost be worth being killed as a teenager just to be known forever as Lightning Girl. I know! So you can decide which name is cooler, uh, the Lightning Girl or the Spanish version of the name, uh, which it's supposed to be Lightning Girl, but it actually is La Niña del Rayo, which is the girl of the ray. Say it again. La Niña del Rayo. Wow. The girl of the ray. Mm Mm-hmm. So like I think they're both cool names. Yeah, they're, they're, these are these are pretty amazing. I couldn't roll an R to save my life, so I'm very impressed with your R roll there. <laughs> yeah, I used I've to been be doing able it for to. a long time. <laughs> I used to be able to, and then I got my tongue pierced, and I haven't been able to ever um, since. Even though I took my piercing out. English uh, English is my second language. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, those are super cool, and I think it's sad that we didn't get to see her stumbling around drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, she might have gotten it out of her system. By the time it probably evaporated over time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So she's a fairly sympathetic character for all that she's the monster. I mm-hmm. mean, she didn't ask for any of that. No. You know, I sort of wish that at the end she had not tried to kill. Yeah. I wish that they had allowed her to be sympathetic throughout. Yes, mm-hmm. if she had said it because she was going to die anyway. If she had said like, "No, I can't," and then she like keels back and they have a moment like while she's dying, like that would have been so mm-hmm. cool. She would have had like. Precious time. Yeah, moment. it w- actually, actually, yes, because they were trying to draw an analogy between Buffy, who just wanted to live a normal life, and Impata, who just wanted to live a normal life, and you're right. She should have, she should have not tried to kill Xander. Yeah. I agree completely. I wonder if that was ever an original ending at all, or mm-hmm. if, and they were told, no, we need a monster, we need yeah. some sort of confrontation, or no, or what. It was still early. Joss Whedon didn't have the trust that Joss we have Whedon now. Joss didn't write or direct this episode. Um. Um. So <clears throat> I had a few. <laughs> I had some issues with this episode. <laughs> um, if you guys want to get into that, I am. I'm just scanning my notes. Actually, I just want to tell one real quick story that has very little to do with this episode. Just um, 
you know, Willow's costume, you know, the full hooded parka. I went to vet school with a girl who went to a Halloween party and she had put fantastic work into a mummy costume. I mean, individual bandages, uh, claws. It was it was fantastic. And it was not the slightest bit sexy, but it was fantastic. <laughs> and uh, she was she was very upset that she didn't win because who won were three sexy girls. Oh. And it was I didn't win either. So <laughs> but it was a I just I, I kind of thought of her when I saw Willow's costume. Speaking of sexy girls, did you notice how like Ampata had every single like every single one of her clothes was beautifully form fitting, and yet she never obtained clothes from anywhere other than the person she killed's bag. Yeah, I wonder how the original Ampata would have looked in that little gray T-shirt. Yeah, with little cap sleeves and a nicely fitted waist. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. So. Speaking of ridiculous things, uh, Giles complains about his shoulder hurting, and then he puts the ice pack to his head. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Giles. Oh, my God. I forgot about a moment that really annoyed me. Is it when Giles didn't want to let Buffy go to a dance again? No, no. It was the moment when Giles hands the the, uh, thing to random South American student. Here you go. Translate this ancient Incan text for me. Okay. Yeah. Because I was like... What the fuck, Giles? Who the hell? Like, this is a random student from South America. South America is bigger than Europe, and you didn't have Sven come over and help you translate the Pergamum Codex. Right, okay, yeah. So, also... That sounds ridiculous, too, right? That's as ridiculous as it is to tell Empata, hey, translate this. You Yes, it does. But also, if a teenage girl could translate an ancient artifact, why the fuck would it take Giles a few weeks? If this is the kind of thing that teenagers in Peru just know, then why is this information more widely available? Like, I just don't... There's nothing about any of this that makes me think that handing this thing to her was a a logical thought. Yeah, the other thing is, like, I don't understand why we could never mention the word Peru. Like, Peru is apparently trademarked because they couldn't use it during the episode. They just said South America. They just said South America. So they did the yeah. same thing they everyone does to Africa, which is Africa is a big continent, and we treat it as a country. Yeah. So South not America only, is a pretty big continent. Too. Not only is South America a pretty big con- country, apparently, <laughs> but also Mexico is a part of it. Because Icaramba is a South American thing. <laughs> I don't well, know. I'm just, well, like, no, I, like, I think your righteous fury on this is totally appropriate. Okay, good. Um... Because furthermore, can we just talk about the cultural dance for a second? <laughs> because what the fuck? It was awful. It was pretty bad. <laughs> like, I don't... <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Finn's expression as he was sitting there with the hooded helmet. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, I just... understand who thought this would be a good idea like i feel like somewhere up in the ranks of sunnydale somebody was like we need to treat we need to teach these kids to appreciate other cultures so why don't we encourage them to dress up as racist stereotypes of these (laughs) other cultures it seems like the kind of thing that a public school would do it seems like the kind of thing that a public school in oklahoma would do (laughs) like 
Even Willow, like, nobody escapes this. Even Willow is a racist stereotype. Yeah. Like, like Xander's is particularly egregious because he's dressing up like he's from Mexico to impress the Peruvian girl. I think he was, he was dressed up as Clint Eastwood, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he made it better by not pretending to be Mexican and pretending to be, like, a white guy in Tex-Mex clothes. But, like... I, I feel like there's not really any making this better. <laughs> but, but no, it was it was too it was too it was too close for comfort. Um, yeah. Well, and just like everybody, like Cordelia and her, just like get punchy, fruit <laughs> drinky. <laughs> oh my god! Like I like she kept speaking to Sven in Spanish. <laughs> Poor Sven. I don't know. Like I can, I'm, 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 I'm laughing about this, but it's really fucking awful, guys. Yeah. This episode is terrible. I mean, these people here were almost as racist as people in Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So it was super bad, and I just. Oh man! Like I can't even imagine. Wait! 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 So you're saying that people in California 20 years ago. Are, were as racist as people in Tulsa today. No, I'm saying they were less racist back then <laughs> in California. At least they had good intentions. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they're more racist here in Oklahoma presently than they were 20 years ago in California in that TV show. I just I just keep wondering what would happen if an episode like this aired today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, uh, this, is, this, is, this is post my sister left town because people were racist to her, so... Mm. So I have a lot of anger about racism in Oklahoma. Um, also, I want to know what a Peruvian mummy princess knows about Inuit people. Because... She's toured a lot of museums. That's how she knows English. Yeah. Are there a lot of museums in Alaska? Well, no, but there might be Inuit <laughs> displays in museums. Oh, okay. That's true. That's true. That's fair. I was wondering how she... Um, uh, what was it? The, uh, where are you going where you cannot follow? Has she really had the time to figure out our 21st century American custom of barring people from public restrooms based on gender expression? She's toured a lot of museums. Yeah. She's been to a lot of museums. Where I guess people have been barred from using public restrooms for gender expression. So yes. She knows. Exactly. Uh-huh. I do have a question. Can where she... did she get a trunk? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I thought on Pata. Yeah, I think she got it from it. But it doesn't have any of his shit in there. I, I figured she emptied one trunk to put his body in there. Uh, but then why didn't she just leave the body? I don't know. It's fucked up. My question is, can she only drain dudes? No, she can drain guys. She tried to drain Willow. She did. She did. She did. You're right. And she tried to drain Buffy. Did she? Yeah, but she, but she was very unsuccessful with Buffy. Yeah. I'm like, sure. she tried for like a second and Buffy kicked her off. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was during their fight. During so she just has a preference for dudes and turns to, to, to women in, in times of desperation. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, she may have a preference for dudes, or it just so happens that more dudes have attacked her than well, females. Well, they, they didn't attack her. The one she guy did. Yeah, but she's seducing them. Speaking of that one guy, um, the bodyguard is the guy that plays the father of, I can't remember the character's name, on uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 oh God, how embarrassing is this? The blonde chick. Do you guys watch the show? The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? I've seen a few episodes. I do not watch it. Okay. I like this, like, I I want to like the show more than I do. It's really good. 
I like I, I acknowledge that. I, I have a problem with comedies. Okay. Well, then I'll just skip to the part that the guy that plays the bodyguard is on the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and we'll move on. <laughs> uh, so then, why is she? Why is she so into Xander? Is it because, is it because he's the only guy she's been around? Because she's really she, into Xander. She literally like she hasn't met anybody else. Knock knock. <laughs> I mean, explain what that means. <laughs> knock knock is a thing we do at a writers group where it means yes. It means I agree. Um, so if any of Snarkcast you've heard that sound in the background, it means I agree. I've almost done it four times in this podcast alone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think it's just that that's that he's literally the only guy she spent any amount of time with. I mean, it doesn't really show her in any classes. I don't know how much time passes in this episode. This is a really bad episode, in my opinion. And Willow, Willow, um, Willow has met a lot of other guys. I mean, she knew Rodney well enough to have a conversation with him. She obviously helps out a lot of people with their homework and stuff. Impata. Oh, I thought you meant no. Why does Willow like Xander? No, I meant why does Impata like Xander so much? Oh, uh, well, he was the first one who approached her and was really nice to her. I mean, that's immediately, like, something worth liking. It's true. I mean, and, like, and... It could also be a normal girl thing. Like, mm -hmm. she's toured a lot of museums, so if we assume that she has kept up with the times, then she knows that girl that at this age, girls and boys are supposed to hook up and get together. Yeah. And so the fact that he seems to like her could be enough. Mm -hmm. At that age, like, if somebody came up and started talking to me and was that nice, I would immediately be like, okay, romantic interest? <laughs> I would have run away. Nice. <laughs> this is nice. No, because I would find him, I, I find Xander, like, I find Xander attractive, and if I didn't know him, I would find him more attractive. <laughs> so I think that's a thing. That's an important thing. Like, one of the things that I was mentioning to... Uh, <laughs> if you didn't know him, you would find him more attractive. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> I mean, this is honestly the case with a lot of people. Like, the more you know someone, the less you find them attractive because the more you understand their flaws. And the initial attraction um, is uh, usually more related... Like, it is usually related to sort of a fantasy as mm -hmm. opposed to, like, a reality. So when you see a person, then if you enter into a relationship with someone that you know, then that relationship starts out at a place of love versus like a relationship with somebody you don't know where it starts out with a place of limerence. And of what? Limerence. limerence. What does that mean? It's, uh, it's, you, well, go ahead. It means puppy love, essentially. It's an old archaic word that I learned because it was about to go out of the dictionary. Okay. Because they sort of like weed words that have gone into sure. disuse out of it every few years. Interesting. And so it basically means puppy love or immature love. Um, it's something like a crush, but maybe a little bit more than okay. that. Okay. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And you don't get limerence from people who aggravate you. And your friends all, will always aggravate you to some extent. Okay. Sure, sure, so, sure. So, so I think it's very, very hard to fall in limerence with uh, a friend. And that's why it's really hard for a teenager to recognize that as love. I want to thank you. This is going to make me sound so egotistical, and I apologize in advance for saying it, but I've got a pretty big vocabulary, and I just love it when I learn a new word. So Awesome. Thank you. Um, I was going to say something, and I got distracted by limerence. Oh, I had a guy that worked for me, and he was so gorgeous. He was 
he could have been an Abercrombie and Fitch model. He was, I mean, washboard stomach, gorgeous face, just beautiful. And he was just dumb as a post. And I just, <laughs> I found that over time, he became less and less and less attractive because yeah. he was just so dumb. And so think back to that first moment that you met him. What if you just had sex then? Wouldn't that have been fantastic? Yes, it would have been fantastic. And then, you don't, <laughs> and then afterwards, afterwards, you don't want to know him anymore because it's like, eh. No, it's not fun. Okay. Uh, so speaking of people who are dumb, uh, how fucking hard is it to fix a damn plate? <laughs> Giles is like cross-referencing for the meanings of the, yeah. of the yeah. pictograms. Yeah. Was a pic- yeah, he's like cross-referencing to translate it. And I'm like, it's a goddamn plate. And there were, what, four pieces? Yeah, it's round. Just put the... Have you never done a fucking puzzle before? <laughs> Apparently not. So I felt like like I felt like there was a lot of artificial um, tension in this yeah. episode. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, if it had been broken into little pieces, it would have made sense for him to be referencing a book. But it was just like four damn pieces. Yeah. All right, now you've been wanting to talk about all your problems for a while now. So oh, I did. Us. Oh, you did. Okay, did. cool, cool, cool. Uh, I do have, like I said, Oz, and there was a moment near the end where I wrote, "Is that?" and then I paused. And then really big, I was like, it's Jonathan! Yes! My favorite minor character! (laughs) Yeah, so this is, like, as much as I fucking, like, I really, like, I have problems with this episode. A lot of problems that I didn't even realize I had. Mm -hmm. Like, I seem to recall having sort of a non-opinion of this episode in the past. But rewatching it, I'm like, no guys. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Basically none of this is okay. But, uh, so despite all that, this is a pretty big episode because we get both Oz and Jonathan. Yes, and Jonathan was kind of overshadowed by Oz, but, you know, Jonathan ends up being... Way more important than in, Oz? In, mm-hmm. what, season six, he's part of the trio. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Well, and in season three, he's the main person in Earshot. Yes. Yeah, he's super important Spoilers. in Earshot. And in season five, he changes reality. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. <laughs> so, yeah, this, this was a very brief introduction of a very minor character who becomes super important over yeah. time. Um, and like you said, more important than Oz. Yeah. But we're all excited, about Oz. So all excited about Oz. Well, you know, you could argue that without Jonathan, we wouldn't have Andrew. Yeah. And Andrew true. is really important. Warren would probably still be a thing, but I think Andrew comes with Jonathan. I think so. No, Andrew comes with... I guess Andrew is introduced with Jonathan because the guy who did the zombies at prom or the ghouls at prom was... His brother. His brother. Right. Hellhounds. Yeah, Hellhounds. Thank you. The la- one of the last notes I have here yes. is that almost up until the end, I had this episode mixed up with the one where Xander gets involved with the chick who tries to sacrifice him to open the Hellmouth <laughs> and has him tied to like this frame and starts bleeding him. Isn't that Spike? No, it's Xander. Really? Because he's still trying to act like they're having a good relationship while she's hoisting his bound body into the air. Oh, dude, I don't remember that episode. I think... Xander should really stop dating. He really should. <laughs> like, um, at no point does he make any good he decisions. He has really Except bad... Anya, who is arguably a very bad decision for a very long time, and then by the time it's a good decision, he decides to fuck off. Yeah, and when it's a bad decision, he's into it. When it becomes a good decision, he's like, fuck it. I'm out. Gotta date me somebody crazy. We we all try and get back to the life we're familiar with, right? It's true. Yeah, he needs somebody who will hate him enough to send him to Armenians. 
All right. Do we have anything else? Uh, I really like Buffy's hair. Yeah. In this episode, in general, her hair is pretty great. I really liked because I mean it's it's something I've talked about before, but Buffy is a lot smarter than she gives herself credit for. And she has that moment in this episode. Well, the one I'm thinking of specifically is when Giles starts saying you need to behave like a real girl and you need to not go to the dance, and she was go she's like going to the dance is a thing a real girl does. So Buffy knows how to fight. Yeah, well, and she also is the one that figures out kind of everything mm-hmm. about Impata in this episode. Yeah. Like, Willow is totally zoned, and Giles is... I don't know. You Giles, know, if Joss Whedon had written this, Willow would have figured it out. Go ahead. <laughs> well, uh, I, I like that Buffy figured it out, because there was a moment where Buffy, like, has that... Uh, finds something, and, and Giles comes over, and he says, good work. And it's one of the first moments that we, like, see... Uh, like, it's, it's not one of the first, but it's like, it's one of the moments where we see Buffy succeeding at something that she has historically been really bad at, which is right. research. Well, it felt a lot like the, say, the scene in the science room when the teacher talked to her. Like, it just felt like this episode was a really good episode that was written by not good writers. I'll give you that. I mean, I don't really know what else Ellen S. Pressman has done. Um, it feels very 90s. Like I said, like, I don't recall being upset about this in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, although well, but we loved Xander in the 90s. Yeah, and we all loved Xander in the 90s. Uh, but, like, also, I'm, 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 I'm white. Like, I look white. I, I, despite whatever Native American heritage I have, it all, none of it shows, except my cheekbones. I have lovely, lovely Native American cheekbones. But, um, yeah, so none of this seemed problematic to me in the 90s. Well, 50 years before, then it might have been more problematic for you because you have so many Italian parts. It's true. That you would have been not a, you would have been a person of color. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, Go like, back a few years before that and I would have been, you know, Irish. Yeah, a person well, I mean, of color also. You're still Irish. I'm still Irish, but yeah. <laughs> but you would have also been a person of color 100 years yeah. ago. So, I mean, it's it like, I, I'm convinced that white people is not a reference to any particular group. And it's more a reference to who do who do we allow to be in charge? Like, yes. who do we want to lead? Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, anything else? Are we ready to wrap up? Okay, i uh, got a couple of announcements, and I've lost my list. Where's my list? Ah, I'm useless when I don't have my list. Sorry for all that noise. Um, let's say you can follow us on Twitter... And I bet no one's maintaining our Twitter account anymore. We should fix that. Ugh. You can follow us on Twitter Sounds at... like your job. You want to be our Twitter guy? No, but I groaned because I felt it coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so from now on, Jack will be the Twitter face of Once More With Feeling. Oh, dear God. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram. Um... And that is actually the wrong list. I'm going to tell you about <laughs> our new home on Gumby Cat Networks. We're really excited about Gumby Cat Networks. Um, it's a uh, it's a brand new podcast network. Uh, we're getting new podcasts on there all the time. Um, and I want to tell you about this podcast I listened to uh, over the weekend. I was doing a lot of driving. And here's the thing. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and most of them are McElroy products. 
which means they're very good. The point of all that being, a podcast gets about five minutes before I'm like, nope, I don't have time for this. So I listen to one of my Gumby Cat uh, brother podcasts that was called Ultimate Showdown. And I did not expect to like this podcast because it sounds like a very dude bro kind of podcast. They, they basically sit around and talk about who would win in a fight. And I was so surprised at how much I enjoyed this podcast. I sat and listened through um, who would win in a fight between um, Doc Holliday from Tombstone and Snake Plissken. And then I listened to... It's Snake Plissken, right? No. It's Doc Holliday? Yeah. Oh, spoiler! Uh, (laughs) And then we followed up with Leon Leon from The Professional versus... John McClane from Die Hard. Leon. No. Oh, fuck that, Leon. No, there was, there was, actually, if you listen to it, you're like, okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. It all boiled, once again, spoilers, it all boiled down to John McClane just doesn't give up. He just doesn't give up. He walks through glass and keeps going. But we're not going to recreate that argument right now. (laughs) I'm just going to tell you, go listen to these guys. They're really funny and I enjoyed it a lot. And they have really good sound quality, if, if that's one of your things, which it is for me. Uh, I think that's it for us. Anything else? No. Grr. Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow.